2: Blog Talk Radio.
3: Hello, hello everyone. Thanks for tuning in, Dr. Low Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor. Of course, you guys know me. I am down here in San Diego. I work with patients all over the country as well as locally here in Southern California. I am so excited for tonight's show. This is something I've been wanting to do for a couple of years now. This is a, a real common um, topic that gets brought up with some of my um, fan mail, and I am really happy to be able to bring to you guys some experts that can answer these questions for you. I have someone specifically from a naturopathic college, and we are addressing, so you want to be an ND? So if you're listening, and this is a field you've been looking into to maybe have as a profession, or maybe you're just really interested in health and you want to see what options you have out there, I am in love with what I do and I just I anytime someone asks me should I become a naturopathic doctor I say yes you should it's an amazing amazing job and it's so incredibly rewarding as a profession and it's it's basically my hobby you know I get to I get to work my passion every day and I just feel really blessed to be able to do that so um, but not every doctor not every naturopathic doctor practices the way that I do so that's why I wanted to bring to you some examples of different ways that you can work within this field in other specialties or with different populations and um, so that's what we're going to be doing tonight and of course there's lots, lots of logistical questions like how much does naturopathic medical school cost and how much money would I make and you know uh, how many years do I have to go to school and take all my, re- my requirement courses and, and on and on and on and I just felt like it would be better to get that from the source from an actual naturopathic admissions rep so that's who is going to be on the show tonight so The lineup for tonight is, I'm actually going to have five guests on the show. (laughs) It's the very first time I'm having more than one person on. And as you guys know, it's live radio. I don't really know how it's going to go. We're just going to go for the best and see what happens. So I just hope everyone calls in at the right time and the switchboard doesn't act up for me. So let's just cross our fingers and just really just put our intention that it's going to happen perfectly. So My first guest is Dr. Giovanni Espinoza. He is a men's health expert in a conventional medical setting, followed by Dr. Elisa Cicerone. She is in naturopathic cancer care out in the Midwest. Followed by Insel Kang, she is from the National College of Natural Medicine Admissions Department. She'll answer all the frequently asked questions, all the logistical things about becoming an ND. And then after her, Dr. Nicole Ortiz, she is an owner of a clinic, Live Well, in uh, La Quinta, California, very successful. Uh, Twitter.com slash noel. Isn't there just so many social media avenues? It's like crazy. I, I mean, there's Pinterest and there's LinkedIn, which LinkedIn drives me nuts. So it's just so many things that take us from the present. Isn't it true? Okay, that's just my little rant. Um, also, too, one thing I am getting in, more into, actually, is emailing my newsletter list. So if you guys are not on my list, uh, go over to DrLaurenNoel.com. That's D-R-L-A-U-R-E-N n-o-e-l dot com and sign up for my email updates on my email today i was sharing about when i fell in love and was it with a guy no when it fell in love with naturopathic medicine and i remember it clear as crystal i'm 22 years old i'm sitting in the uh, computer lab at biola university and it's two or three weeks before graduating with my bachelor's degree in psychology I hadn't taken one science class, I think beyond, like, biology 101, and I'd taken, I think, like, the science of math or something, some, like, basic science or math class, and I had taken no prerequisites for anything medical-related. And I'm I'm sitting there on the computer just searching around, like, what am I going to do with my life? I am just at a loss. And, you know, I I, I knew that I had something that was, inside of me that I knew there was something more, you know, I mean, I, mean, I got my degree in psychology, but there's something else that was calling me. And I knew it had something to do with nutrition. I'd always been really interested in nutrition. I'd loved, you know, what are the healing benefits of this food or that food, or what are ways that I could tweak my diet to make me feel the very best. I dabbled a little bit in vegetarianism at that point, um, and didn't know if that was totally right. And I just was searching for something. And, uh, and I, because I loved nutrition, and I had my, my degree in health psychology, I wanted to find a way to, to blend the two. So I just did a Google search for health psychology and nutrition, and po- popped up Bastyr University, which happened to be in Washington. I was down in, you know, Southern California at the time, and they happened to have a dual master's program in that exact search, which was the most random thing I thought. I thought it was just a sign. And so I went on the website, and I was reading through it, and the term kept pulling my attention, naturopathic. And I didn't know what the heck it was. I didn't even know how to pronounce it. I'm like, natural, what, what is this stuff? I started reading up about it. And it was like something within me just aligned. I keep using that word, like something aligned within me. I just knew it was exactly what I was supposed to do. And I kid you not, I was obsessed with that website. I kept going on to Bastyr EDU over and over and over. I was just, I couldn't read enough about it. I couldn't read enough articles and books about naturopathic medicine. And I had so far to go before I would ever become a naturopathic student. So I looked up what it would require to be a student, and it was many, many years of prerequisite courses of, you know, chemistry and organic chemistry and physics and you know, all the, all the classes that I never took during my undergrad. So there was a moment where I had to really sit there and give myself permission, really, to do something great. I remember that moment like, you know what, I'm going to allow myself to, to really do this, to go for something bigger, because I could easily have taken the, the easy way and become a social worker, which social workers are amazing, and there's a huge need for that, but I knew that wasn't the right fit for me. And so I just made that choice, I'm going to do this, and I don't care how long it takes, because this is what I know I'm I'm really called to do. So I moved to Colorado, moved in with my parents after living on my own in an apartment, and I enrolled in community college. And I took community college courses for two and a half years after getting my degree, because I knew it's what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, after that I visited all the different naturopathic schools, and I realized that the school in, in Portland, Oregon, National College of Natural Medicine, was the best fit for me and I became a student, and I, I have never, ever looked back, and it was just the best decision I've ever, ever made. And I know for you guys listening who are considering this as a field, if that worry that it's going to take too long is even in your mind, I just really encourage you guys to think the time is going to pass anyway. So if this is your passion, if this is your dream, something you've always really wanted to do, or maybe it's always you know nagged at you like this is something I should look into, just listen to that and go for your passion. Really, I mean, you're either going to be in a job you don't like and the same time's going to pass or you're going to be in school learning what you love to learn. So um, I just really encourage you guys to be open about it and, you know, listen to what the different guests have to say and just maybe think, should I really give myself this permission to do it? And, hey, if you guys have kids, if you're married, you feel like you're stuck to where you are, I had, you know, classmates in, in my class that made it work. You know, one lady was doing a long-distance marriage for four years, and she was just was committed. Um, another woman who was our student body president, she was a single mom with three kids, And she made it work, and she was student body president. So anything is possible if if you really are committed, and this is your dream. You know, many any anything can happen. Um, Before we jump into uh, bringing on the first guest, I just want to just briefly mention the core principles of naturopathic medicine. You know, we're going to be having a representative from NCNM tonight on the show, but there are other naturopathic medical schools that are amazing, and I don't want to take away from them as really great, um, you know, educational institutions, and there's amazing doctors that come from all of them. It's just, you know, I'm kind of biased because that's where I went to school, um, and I'm just more familiar with their with their um, faculty, uh, but... Regardless of where you go to school or where you practice naturopathic medicine, there are, there are basic principles that are adhered to by all naturopathic doctors, and they're called the tenets of naturopathic medicine, and they are as follows. The first is the healing power of nature. And this is really trusting in the body's uh, inherent wisdom to heal itself. So we really believe that the body is designed to be healthy. And the body's really smart, and it knows how to heal. You know, you cut your arm, it's going to heal up without you having to use a salve on it or putting neosporin or putting some crazy herbs or doing voodoo on it. It knows what to do. And the body is very, very smart in healing itself. And so we, we really give that body, you know, give the body that respect that it knows what to do. That's the first principle that we always honor the body's ability to heal. The second is identifying and treating the cause. So we talk about this a lot on the show of looking at the root cause, looking beyond the symptoms and to the underlying cause of what's going on. So you may have a headache, but maybe there's something deeper that's really, you know, creating that as a symptom, and that's what we're always looking for. The next is first do no harm. You know, we utilize the most natural, the least invasive, and the least toxic therapies possible that are going to be effective. So, you know, rather than jumping to using a medication, if there's an herb or homeopathic remedy or something really basic lifestyle change that's going to create that change, and then we'll, we'll go for that first. Also, doctor as teacher. So this is where we educate patients in the steps to achieving and maintaining their health. So that's the beauty of, of this form of medicine is rather than having seven minutes to sit with a patient and have them go through their questions as fast as possible before I have to, you know, head to the next patient. I have an hour with patients to sit down and go over all of their questions and also really make sure they understand what's going on with their body because if they get, really get it, then they're empowered, and then they can make decisions from an empowered place versus just, oh, I better do what my doctor says because I don't really understand better. So, you know, doctor really comes from the word docere, which means teacher. The next one is treating the whole person. So we treat the body as an integrated whole in all its physical and spiritual dimensions. So you may come into my office with an ear infection, and I may treat something in your gut because it's all connected. And so we make those connections for patients so they really get it. And then the last one is prevention, you know, focusing on overall health, wellness, disease prevention, you know, making sure that these things don't show up Um, ahead of time. So, you know, looking at nutritional deficiencies or just seeing little nuances in the blood work or seeing little clues that something might set in down the line or if you have a family history of a condition, let's prevent that from showing up. So those are the main basic principles. Um, If you're interested in, in getting into naturopathic medicine, that's something just to really understand those core principles. Um, and then later, after I interview my, my different guests, I'm going to share my tips to make it as a successful doctor. So my tips to be, you know, healthy during medical school, how to, you know, get through it with, shining, with flying colors, and then, you know, my top tips to be a successful doctor in practice. And, of course, I'm still learning. I'm just in my third year now, but um, I have, a, I think, a good amount to share. So that's what I got to share. And let's bring on our first guest. We have Dr. Giovanni Espinoza. So, Dr. Espinoza is a renowned naturopathic urologist. He is a recognized authority in integrative treatments for urologic conditions and prostate cancer. Dr. Gio, as he is known, is the founder and director of the Integrative Urology Center at New York University Langone Medical Center, or NYU LMC, a center of excellence in research and integrative treatments for urologic conditions, He's the co-founder and medical director of XY Wellness, LLC, a nutraceutical company specific to improve the prognosis of men. Dr. Gio is an avid writer in medical journals and book chapters, his blog, and currently working on his book, The Capitalist Method, a revolutionary and sustainable guide to creating a hostile microenvironment to prostate cancer. Dr. Gio lectures internationally on the application of integrative management of urological and prostate conditions in multidisciplinary clinical settings. On his time off, he takes joy in writing on his blog, drgeo.com, that's D-R-G-E-O.com, and he participates in athletic activities, and he enjoys spending quality time with family and friends. Dr. Geo, thank you so much for being on the show, and welcome to Dr. Lowe Radio.
4: Dr. Lowe, thank you so much for inviting me to come on. I'm so um, honored and humbled to be in 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 your radio show, uh, so thank you so much for inviting me. I have a question for you. Sure. How, do you, how do you stay healthy during naturopathic school as a student? Well, <laughs>
2: <'Cause> well, <laughs> I, I'm
4: actually interested in knowing that. I, yeah. I felt like I was at my unhealthiest when I was in school with all the work and, you know, all the work we had to do and, you know, no time to even kind of breathe with a, with the load of work. You know, I don't want to scare your listeners who I assume some of them are interested <laughs> in, or at least thinking of going <laughs> to naturopathic school, but... Boy, I remember yeah. those days. <laughs> well,
3: you know, I think if I were to go back and do it again, I probably would have been a little more on top of it, you know, maybe doing more adrenal support, making sure to get some sleep, because I definitely was burning yeah. a candle at both ends, and it's hard to avoid oh, that because sure. we're all doing it, you know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> for sure. Well, oh, thanks again for having me. It's really an honor and a pleasure.
3: Yeah, of course. And, you know, one of the – and I haven't seen you in so long. It's been, I think, years since the conference I met you it's at. Been a, so. It's been a
4: while. Yeah,
3: while. so it's a lot, a lot to catch up on. But the last time I talked to you, I was, I was just so impressed with, with you. You know, you're able to be in this conventional medical setting, and you're, and here you're a naturopathic doctor, and even beyond that, you're in an unlicensed state, right? It's just, it is, it blows my mind. It is incredible. So I just wanted to get a little bit about your perspective. I mean, for one, how did you get into this um, specialty? And then, you know, if you can kind of shed some light to our listeners, how is I mean, how is this possible, like, doing what you did?
4: Hmm. Well, that's two very uh, interesting questions. Um, uh, How I got into this specialty of urology and men's health is, you know, back to, you know, so part of naturopathic school towards the end, you do your clinical hours, and you do about 1,200 hours, and you see X amount of patients. And for some odd reason, I was attracting a lot of male patients with uh, prostate disorders. So, uh, and and even when I moved on and I did my uh, masters in acupuncture and got my acupuncture license, there again I attracted a lot of males, and I probably had more experience doing a prostate exam than any of the other students. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very resistant to the whole idea of of, of specializing at the time. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we're naturopaths; we t- we treat the person, the person, not the disease. Um, so why would I specialize? I was com- conflicted with the whole idea, but still in all, I-, I kept getting these messages of this is what you need to do. hmm Um... Long story short, uh, you know, one of my neighbors who I, I remember playing volleyball with. I didn't know him. I just knew his name, and I didn't know what he did professionally. He didn't know what I did. One day we bumped into the elevator, and said, "Hey, Rob, how are you?" And he says, "Oh, well, where are you going?" I Actually, I was going to school. I was going. To, I, I went to the University of Bridgeport, so I commuted from New York to Connecticut. It was about an hour long. And uh, so I met him. So Rob, Robert, he was a urologist, and he said, look, I, you know, when are you graduating? I could use somebody like you. So that's how it all started. Uh, it was in a mm-hmm. private clinic here in, you know, uh, uptown Manhattan, uh, you know, an area called Washington Heights. And uh, I started working with uh, Robert Valenzuela um, shortly after. I gave a call to Dr. Aaron Katz at Columbia University Medical Center. He's a urologist. And he had the Center for Holistic Urology here also in up to, uptown Manhattan here in, uh, in New York. And uh gave him a call. And um, long story short, I did a little fellowship residency program for five years there just in urology. So that was very helpful in terms of opening my eyes as to uh, primarily all the western treatments for urology and how can I complement as a naturopathic doctor and acupuncturist some of these treatments and when do these treat when do these mainstream treatments you know don't work and when do we as naturopaths when when do we have an opportunity to really help certain patients that have urological conditions Mm-hmm. So I spent 5 years there, we published a little bit, um uh, did a lot of research, uh took care of some of the clinical trials with um natural herbs and things like that. And then I moved on to um NYU. Uh essentially uh after my 5 years at Columbia, I kind of knew the language of urology and I knew, uh, you know, the ins and outs and I just and I went to urological conferences, uh so I knew a lot of people in the industry and uh, a lot of urologists. So I went to NYU with a whole Plan of look. This is how. First of all, this is what a naturopathic doctor is. And by mm-hmm. now, Doctor Lowe, you'd be very happy to know that every mm-hmm. single doctor at NYU, at, at least in neurology, they know what a naturopathic doctor is, and they 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 call me a naturopathic doctor, not a wow. homeopathic doctor, not yeah. a nutrition, <laughs> and they pronounce the word correctly. <laughs> so that That's took amazing. about three years. <laughs> <Yeah. right? laughs> so now, you know, now it's like, oh yeah, go see Doctor Espinoza. He's a naturopathic doctor, which wow. is very impressive because it took a while, as yeah. you mentioned. NYU is a very conventional setting. Um, mm-hmm. So to go back to the story, I just proposed to the chairman of the department. I just said, look, this is this is what a naturopathic doctor is. I specialize in urology this uh, certain- there are certain conditions that your um uh, urologists don't treat well uh, prostatitis interstitial cystitis pelvic pain uh testicular pain that's chronic and non infectious uh these type of situations uh, every urologist is running away from well this is where we come in and we can do good work. Mm. Um, also, we can complement in terms of prostate cancer and even erectile dysfunction and things like that. So, I gave him the whole plan as to how it would work and and so forth, and he and he was thrilled. Uh, this is Dr. Lepore, chairman of Urology at NYU. He was thrilled, mm-hmm. completely thrilled. He was like, "Great!" You know. And then after a while, you know, we just talked, and that's it. That was that's. I became, uh, I, I developed and founded the the um, Integrative Urology Center at NYU.
3: Wow, and I love how you actually approached him and you're like, hey, this is what I do. This is where I shine. I know this is a, an area that is needed, so what's up? I mean, you you were assertive. Well, it's pretty much like that. And you're absolutely
4: right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, anyone who's interested in, uh, you know, working in a medical setting, number one, they need to understand, particularly as a naturopath, that you're going to get a lot of no's first, and I did in the beginning for sure. But you don't mm-hmm. know when you're going to get that one yes. And what, I think what's important is you need to know – that area of medicine very well from a conventional side. You need to know the mm-hmm. treatments very well. You need to know the drugs that are used, the language that's used, so that when you approach someone in a medical setting, you can speak their language and you tell them how exactly, um, you know, a naturopath can work in that type of setting.
3: Mhm got it. So what would be a few parting words for listeners just, you know, advice from Dr. Gio if they would like to pursue, you know, a, you know, a profession or a, sorry, a career in the field of naturopathic medicine and and then specifically in men's health.
4: Well, um first of all, I mean, you know, naturopathic medicine is a way of life. Um my professional life and my personal life is intertwined. Um, yeah. It it's one of the same,
2: mm-hmm.
4: um, and this is unlike. If you become a surgeon, you're not necessarily you know you're not a surgeon at home or in your personal mm-hmm. life. That's kind of what you do. Um, so it's different in many ways. Lawyers, you're not a lawyer when you come home. Um, you know, with naturopathic medicine, it's a, is a, is a way of life, mm-hmm. and one needs to know that you're you know you need to. Um, you know, you need to promote your services. You need to market your services. And if you cannot, you know, if you cannot live the naturopathic lifestyle, then you cannot sell the naturopathic naturopathic medicine. Mm. So I think that's very important for people to know. So, you know, you cannot you cannot just go in just because you want to be a doctor. You like the DR before your name. You know, you, right. it, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number one. Number two is that I'm a big proponent of specialization as naturopathic doctors. Big.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, I think that, you know, it's overwhelming the amount of things that we need to consider, of course. Are we treating the person? Yes, of course. They come in with anything. You know, you treat the gut and you go through those different steps, of course. That's always the case. There's some nuances, however, in, in certain conditions that you really need to be familiarize yourself with. And I think that's uh, that only comes with specialization and seeing the same things over and over and over and over again. All my patients with prostate disorders, erectile dysfunction, etc. I treat the person. I treat the gut. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't. I don't shy away from the naturopathic tenets and principles at all. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but again, there are some certain cases where you need to kind of know uh, certain specific things that are going on in that patient population, and you're only going to get that from experience. So mm-hmm. I, I would say those are the main things that I would uh, I, I would uh, you know the main advice that I would give uh, as of as of now. Specialization I think is important, and um, and um, um, you know you, you really got and you, you got to live the life. You have to live mm-hmm. the life of naturopathic yep. medicine. I think those are the two main things. I know there are going to be a lot of other, uh, with your other speakers, a lot of other tips that are going to be valuable. Yeah. So I don't want to overwhelm your audience with all kinds of uh, you know, tips.
3: Yeah, no, I think that's brilliantly stated. you got to walk the talk, you know, and it's a way of life. So I love that. So thank you so much for your wisdom and for taking the time. I mean, it's after 9 o'clock over there. So, you know, thanks for Yeah, well, up.
4: everyone is asleep. Uh, and so yeah. you know, the little ones are asleep, so so that's 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 completely fine. Uh, I'll just go back yeah. and watch the uh, uh, NBA finals now.
3: Oh, oh gosh, that's a real. Uh, <laughs> I mean,
4: we, we have to have our priorities, priorities straight here, you know. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, have a wonderful rest of your night. I look forward to catching up, and we'll have to have you back on the show to talk about men's health um, in more detail.
4: Oh, I would love to. I would love to. Cool. Take care, All right, Lauren. Doctor Dr. You
3: take care. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, that's Dr. Gio. That's one guest down. That worked out pretty well. All right, you guys, so we got our second guest here on the uh, switchboard. It's Dr. Aliza Cicerone. She is a naturopathic doctor. She's also a graduate from the National College of Natural Medicine. She completed a two-year hospital-based oncology residency, so cancer care. She's board-certified in naturopathic oncology, and she is currently working in an oncology hospital with a focus on integrative care alongside other practitioners, medical doctors, dietitians, acupuncture, mind-body, and all all that kind of good stuff, so Dr. Cicerone, thanks so much for being on the show. welcome to dr low Radio. Oh, hi, Dr. Low. Hi, How are you, how- my dear? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. thanks for uh coming on the show. Absolutely, it's a hot and balmy night here, so it's nice is it? to be
0: inside in air conditioning. It is about ninety-five degrees outside right now at eight o'clock. Right
3: now, oh my gosh, yeah, that's insane. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm I'm really happy you came on the show. I think that um, you know uh, most of the guests I've had on on the radio show have been very different in terms of their practice and what you go through on a day-to-day basis. So I was really excited to have your perspective and just kind of sharing what your daily life is like seeing patients. And, um, you know, just for you guys listening, Dr. Aliza and I went to school together. We were really good friends through school. And, you know, she knew right from the beginning she wanted to do cancer care. And I was just really inspired, um, you know, by your commitment to that and just really caring for kids, especially in that um, and just really pursuing your your passion and going for it. So give us a little bit about your story and how you got into what you're doing, and then we can kind of get into maybe some words of wisdom um, after that.
0: Well, I guess, you know, how I got into it was really just a gut feeling. I've always been drawn to um, to the idea of working, you know, with patients with cancer. And I knew from early on in medical school, I think, I remember my winter of my first year, I was, really thinking this is something that I wanted to pursue. Um, Exactly why, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is just, you know, having a lot of family and close family friends that have um, struggled with cancer and um, succumbed to the disease. And so I just I always thought it was a place where I could make a really big difference. Um, And especially, you know, on the personal side and connecting with patients, it just, for me, it seemed like an opportunity to really, have a strong relationship with those patients and be a part of this really unique time in their lives. Um, And I, you know, I've always wanted to work in the pediatric oncology world, which um, I'm not doing now, but it's something that I've always wanted to kind of veer towards. So that's definitely something I'd like to do in the future. And people always, they, they seem surprised when you want to go into that area of medicine. They think, you know, it seems really depressing and sad and, um, while I understand that. I think there's also a real, a real beauty to to being with these patients, whether they're children or adults, as they go through this journey. So I had decided early on; I just that was what I felt was right for me to do. And I spent a lot of time in school working with different um, medical oncologists. So I was, mm-hmm. you know, present a lot in the conventional setting to really see what was happening. Because that's primarily where oncology care is based. It's not in, <laughs> in integrative hospitals. It's not in naturopathic clinics. For the most part, it's in, you know, big conventional cancer centers. So I spent a lot of time with um, different medical oncologists seeing what they did. And then I spent some time, too, at different um, hospitals that had naturopathic doctors there. I spent some time at hospitals that did not. I spent time in private practices. So I really tried to get kind of a broad sense of, you know, what is... Life like day to day on the in the oncology world because it is it's really different than having a primary care practice or you know specializing in something that doesn't have you know the morbidity and the mortality associated with the disease so right um, that's kind of how I got started in it um, I knew I wanted to do a hospital based residency and so I just really put the time in while I was in school to to making those connections with doctors in those different hospitals and really getting a solid understanding of you know the conventional oncology world as well as the naturopathic oncology world. Yeah, you were diligent. I
3: mean, when you were in school, I was so inspired. Actually, both of us we were like off going to different conferences while we were in school. So we <laughs> exactly. were we were some go getters. And you know, you made those connections with those facilities even before applying to the residency, which was amazing. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and I think you know, yeah, it is, yeah. you know, it's competitive and it's it's hard to to really get into that field, and I think that's really important to do if there are students that are wanting to go that route, too, is, you know, not only making those connections, but putting yourself in that situation for, you know, more than just a day to Mm -hmm. really see what it's like to live and breathe that every day because I think a lot of times as students, you don't quite understand what you're getting into. (laughs) Um, And so really being there to experience it, you know, the ups and the downs and the good and the bad, to to really have kind of a... um, a comprehensive idea and understanding of what it is that you're looking to do and what role right, you, know, you play when, like you were talking with um, Dr. Espinosa, you know, in those conventional settings, really what your role is and how you can best serve the patients and how you can best kind of navigate relationships with other physicians as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, And you and I, you know, we got to catch up a couple of days ago and and kind of getting the update on how life is for you right now. And being in that environment with cancer care, it's not always butterflies and rainbows. I mean, it's a different kind of setting. So let's hear (laughs) a little bit about the pros about being in that kind of environment and that
0: population and also the cons. I think one of the, you know, the things I love the most is that connection that you make with your patients. Because, you know, cancer is unlike For me, I think, unlike anything else, you know, it's not something where, you know, you go in and you have, you know, surgery on your foot and you're done and you leave and it's put past you. Even cancer survivors, that's something that, you know, they do carry with them and it's a big part of their life and it's something that they're always thinking about. So I think the the thing I love the most is just that time to really connect with patients and have the chance to really help them become active and proactive in their health care a lot of times when patients are diagnosed with cancer, they think, well, the damage is done, you know, there's nothing I can do. And we talk so much in naturopathic medicine about prevention (laughs) and wellness, Mm -hmm. and I think those two things still have a really strong role even after patients have been diagnosed with cancer. You know, how do you prevent recurrence? You know, just because you have cancer and it goes into remission doesn't mean that you're not at risk for it coming back or even a second type of cancer. So what do we do to really promote wellness and prevent any sort of um, recurrence from happening and I like seeing patients really take that active role and become engaged in their care because I think a lot of people feel like, well, what did I do to deserve this? Or why did I get cancer? I've done everything right. Why did this happen? And I think this gives them some feeling of control in the situation too. Look at all these things I can do with my diet, with my supplement, with my lifestyle um, to give me some power in a situation that can feel powerless. So it's pretty amazing to be able to walk down that road with the patients and share that with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you you know when you talk about you know working in cancer care there's such a broad spectrum from early stage to later stage, and different types of cancer and variations within each type of cancer you know every person really is an individual, so it's it's really cool to be able to get the chance to um you know meet each patient where they are and really focus on them as a person where they are and in their specific um, you know, let's say disease state, if you will, but where you know where they are in that journey how where they are in treatment where they are in terms of diagnosis, so being able to, to really come up with a plan that suits each patient's needs. Um, you know, the cons, I think, of course, and the things that are hard about it are dealing with death and dying and dealing with, you know, cases and, and outcomes that aren't good and watching people that you've formed strong relationships with um, deteriorate and eventually pass away. So it is, it's definitely... Um, it's it can be very emotional, and you know, Doctor Espinoza was asking, and I heard you know how do you how do you take care of yourself? And while well, you're in medical school, and it is, I think those self-care principles are so important too as you get out into practice, no matter what you do, but particularly if you're you know with a patient population or focusing on a specialty that um, can be a little tougher emotionally, to make sure that that you're doing all those things to take care of yourself, you know whether it's you know having a spa day every now and then or making sure you're getting out and exercising every day or making sure you have time to cook for yourself and do things to kind of nourish yourself, I think that's a big piece of it. Having people mm-hmm. to talk to when you are feeling down, having that support system around you, whether it's family or friends or partner or children, just having, having that in place, I think, is is huge.
3: Hmm. Yeah, and, and even when you were going through school, you did, I mean, beyond just going to the um, – you know the residency locations to make those connections you actually were involved with something called wasn't it called chemo pals
0: yeah it was um it was through the Children's Cancer Association in Portland, which is one of the most amazing organizations that um that I've ever been in contact with and it was started by let me tell you a little bit about it <laughs> yeah please do it was um it was started by you know a, a family who uh whose daughter was diagnosed. Uh, with cancer when she was young and after she passed away they kind of thought you know what could we have used while we were going through this what can we help provide to other families that goes beyond just medical care what else can we do to help support them and so they have a number of different programs there's one called music rx where they have people coming into the hospital um, and bringing in you know instruments for children to play with while they're inpatient or while they're getting a chemo and the program i was part of was called chemo pals where you are matched up with, um, with a child as they're going to chemotherapy. So you go to all of their appointments with them, but you also get to do all these fun events outside of the hospital too. You know, we'd go to Blazers games, basketball games, and to the Science Museum, and to the zoo, and to the ballet, and, you know, Disney on ice, and those types of things. And so, um, you know, just kind of getting out in the community with the kids too and you know, and show up at every chemotherapy with a huge bag of toys that you get to play with. And so it it made the experience really positive for the children as they were going through it. So going to the hospital and having their port accessed and getting chemotherapy wasn't necessarily a bad thing because they got to see their chemo pal. So it made it have a really positive association for them. And, you know, you become really close with the families. As well, you know, not only the parents and the siblings, but you know, I was really close with extended families with cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents. And so and it, was, mm-hmm. it was really amazing. You get kind of that firsthand experience. You get to see the medical side of things, but you also get to see just the human side of things and, and really go mm-hmm. through that with the family. So, and really cool that, you know, they welcome you with open arms and, and let you in to experience that with them. Are there,
3: do you know if that's um, in other cities as well, or is that just something you know about in Portland right now?
0: You know, I think it's just in Portland right now in terms of the chemo program, but Children's Cancer Association, I think it's um, cca.org, I think that's their website. Um, but if you Google Children's Cancer Association, you know, Portland, Oregon, it'll come up. They are starting to do, I believe, some other programs, like trying to get the MusicRx, you know, out there. And I know they do have some other programs throughout the country. So, um, I mean, gosh, it's something that I would hope to see in every hospital <laughs> mm-hmm. um, some day. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think it seems just, really, really seems valuable.
3: Really, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what would be some, some words of wisdom you can shed, um, you know, some light to prospective students um, who are haven't yet become ND students or maybe thinking about it, or even current students? What would be just some words of wisdom, some little nuggets you can leave with them? You know,
0: I think, you know, Ex- getting experience in it. If you're a prospective student, going to the schools, sitting in on classes, sitting in on clinic shifts if you can, um, shadowing MDs. You know, that's how I became introduced to naturopathic medicine was seeing an MD as my doctor. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, get the experience as both a patient and as a student if you're thinking about applying to school. And you know, what? do the same with MD programs and DO programs and really look and see what the difference is there and what's going to be the right fit for you. Um, And for students, I think, you know, getting a really, you know, broad experience while you're in school, I think, is really important. Um, It becomes really easy to just be focused on one thing, and I definitely, while I knew I was passionate about oncology and wanted to spend a lot of time there. I also worked a lot in women's health and spent a lot of time and you know, with Dr. Winstar doing women's health. I spent a lot of time at Outside In, which was the clinic for you know low-income and homeless youth in Portland, so having more of a fast-paced, kind of more conventional environment. So really doing a broad, uh, a broad range of things to kind of see what the best fit is for you. I think that's really important. Even if you have an idea in your head of what path you'd like to go down, still making sure that you're um, you're opening yourself up to other opportunities because it can it can surprise you what kind of fits well with you and, and what feels good to you too and what kind mm-hmm. of sparks something that you might not have thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, too, you know, we used to always talk about this in school, like it is, it's hard to to take that time for self-care and it's hard to get everything done. You have to get done in a day (laughs) when it's just, you know, class after class and exam after exam. But for me, you know, the biggest thing I did, I remember, you know, on my computer on my iCal was like, literally scheduling my time to go to the gym every day. And if it was my time to wash my hair or whatever, like, yeah. <laughs> my, schedule. my time to walk my dog and really setting that time aside, I think that's huge. And, you know, looking at, well, how can I combine these things? So How can I walk Duke and study at the same time? Well, you know, Lisa and I would, would walk and talk and we'd discuss, you know, what we talked about in class that day and yeah. kind of get the study time in. So.
3: Yeah, I thought you were just a master at that. Actually, you you really took time to take care of yourself and go and take walks and you know make sure you get your shopping fix at Nordstrom and <laughs> <laughs> absolutely we those we took care will of bring ourselves. You, joy, you know, oh man, but it hey, is, that's, and that's, that's what I right remind
0: there. myself too. That's what I have to remind myself every day. You know, what are those little things that are going to bring me joy every day and just make me feel I'm happy every day? You know, it's important, yeah. especially when you're. Getting much of yourself, and like with all of us, to to our patients and putting so much effort into other people's health and well-being. It's yeah. important to remember, you know, even if it's those, those little things like eating a really yummy steak or something, you know, or yeah. buying that person first Like those things that do just make you happy. I think it's important to to remember to do that. Yeah, totally.
3: So, uh, any any parting words for our listeners before we let you go?
0: Um, gosh, just you know, enjoy what you do and, and make sure that, you know, when you're choosing the path that, that you want to go down, whether it's a general practice or a specialty, just, you know, making sure that you put yourself out there and have that experience to to know what the day-to-day is and to understand that and to, to really see how that's going to work with, you know, your day-to-day life and your personal life because just like Geo said, you know, it is, it's You don't just leave it at work and come home and and take on another persona. So making sure that that's a good fit for you, whether you're a student now, whether you're a prospective student, um, getting as much information as you can to see how this is going to fit in your lifestyle for the next, you know, 50 or 60 years. So right, (laughs) yeah, very well said. You know, reaching out to the people that are in the profession and, and getting lots of different opinions too, and having those experiences as well
3: hmm and offering them free labor because no doctor is going to turn that down, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, and I think as, as a whole naturopathic physicians, you know, we really are. We do want to pay it forward. We do want to help people become engaged in the profession and do whatever we can to, to help people um come into our profession or make it easier for them as they're in school. Or just, you know, we want to share this with people, and I think that, that it's – I don't think you'll be turned down a whole lot in this world. So, yeah. Agreed. Yeah.
3: All right. Well you go uh give Duke some love. And Duke, Duke love is uh is Elise's uh, ridiculously adorable uh pit bull, by the way, who is a little baby. He just like he's her little baby. Getting getting better looking every day. <laughs> he's very handsome. He's quite handsome. And Dinah misses ordinarily. him very much by the way.
0: <laughs> he misses Dinah, his little girlfriend. Yep.
3: We gotta have them FaceTime sometime soon.
0: <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> Skype
3: All right, well, have a wonderful e- evening. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and we'll Absolutely. talk very you soon. Too. All right. Okay. Thanks, okay. Lisa. Okay, bye. Bye. For you guys listening, that was uh, Dr. Elisa Cicerone. And if you guys would like to call and ask a question, we're going to open up to the phone lines in a few minutes. I'm going to have... Um, uh, Insul King, she is a representative from NCNM on the show. Uh, the number to call in is 818-495-6919. That's 818-495-6919. And then to be brought on the air, just go ahead and press 1. We'll see you on the switchboard, and we can bring you on, and you can ask a question. So, my next guest, Insel Kang, is an admissions counselor of National College of Natural Medicine. She advises prospective students toward their goals in naturopathic medicine, in Chinese medicine, and integrative medicine research. Prior to working at NCNM, she worked for the United Way of the Columbia Willamette, a nonprofit startup on the East Coast, and for Willamette University, advising students toward international education. So, Insel, thank you so much for coming on the show, and welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so
1: much for having me. It's been great to hear your show and and listen to these amazing naturopathic alumni say the things that um, we start saying to the prospective students. Years before they great? actually become.
3: Yeah, this is actually fantastic. <laughs> so inspiring. I know. As as I have my guests coming on, I'm like, man, I need to do stuff like this more often. This is this is really <laughs> inspiring. And I love just that it's so different, right? I mean, the first two guests mm-hmm. practice completely different from each other. They're both in more of a of a you know mainstream conventional medical kind of setting, but they practice so differently. So and then my my second yeah. two guests at the end of the show are totally different. So yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah
1: it's you kind of really hit on that that perfect sort you you have an all star lineup but you know sometimes what I end up saying to my prospective students is that not only do you have to be academically competitive because you want to go through such a rigorous program but you also have to have a heart to really want to reach out to your patients in a in a different more invested way sometimes, and then on right. top of that, we're asking you to be that kind of extra something that gives you a slightly thicker skin that would make you want to talk to NYU and say, hey, we should start a urology center in integrative yeah. medicine, or, hey, I would really like to become a resident and do cancer treatment. So that extra something that really wants you, that lets you take that risk and have you, have you go proactive, that's what makes yeah. an amazing naturopath. So you have the perfect guest on today. Your listeners are in for a real treat.
3: Awesome. Well, thank you. And, I, and I, I love what you said is, you know, it's beyond just having like a great GPA and, you know, I mean, the right requirement courses. I mean, as, right. as someone who works in admissions for a naturopathic school, you're looking for more than just being good on paper. I mean, it's the kind of person that comes into a naturopathic program, right? Exactly. Yeah, because, you know,
1: uh, essentially we're asking for the same things that any other med school would ask for, grades, transcripts, letters of recommendation but what it really comes down to is do you understand that this medicine is different than your traditional medicine and why is it that you want to do that and you're right, that's the personality, that's that kind of motivation, inspiration that comes through um, because it's not the same track after you graduate as a traditional um, allopathic doctor so we want to be able Mm -hmm. to figure that out from the beginning because otherwise you're right, on paper we're going to see that you've got the qualifications the grades, etc. but now let's talk to you in person. Let's interview you. Let's see where uh
3: you think you're you're going to take this this uh
1: career, this
3: lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I love that because that's only creating, you know, a a rich um collection of naturopathic doctors and rich I, I don't mean monetarily i mean more of like the kind of person and someone who really is invested in their patients and is in this for more than just again like dr geo was saying just having a doctor in front of their name that they're really committed to you know helping people and 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 they're committed to really creating a difference in healthcare i mean let's face it this is the answer to america's healthcare crisis is naturopathic medicine right. You know, right. and so it takes it, it takes kind of a kind of a uh, a crazy person to become a naturality doctor, but crazy in <laughs> a good way, and that you're really imparting change. Exactly,
1: it, it really <laughs> is because you you're, you you're talking about I'm going to go through med school, I'm going to learn about working with patients, and then on top of that, I'm going to be a pioneer because you really will be. Yeah. So exactly, it's a it's a pretty fantastic um job not even job but lifestyle to go into if you can so we're we're pleased and the student body i'm sure it hasn't changed since you were a student here it's the most eclectic and warm-hearted group of people and it's just fantastic to be around them on a daily basis it's we're spoiled here
3: (laughs) well i never really understood community until i went to ncnm I mean, like really, I mean, really to where people are there for each other. I mean, it was so inspiring when someone in the class would have a baby and there would be a calendar (laughs) that would go around the room where other students would sign up to provide food, to provide dinner for that couple for like the next one to two months. I mean, the woman like never even had to worry about creating, you know, making her own food because the the whole class would be taking care of that for her. It It was incredible. That's so unheard of. In our it's, current, you know, individualist society,
1: it's it's really funny because that's still definitely something NCNM is known for—that very collaborative family feel with the student body being so supportive. Um, and yeah, people are still definitely having those babies. It's still about a 70 to 80 <laughs> percent female population in these naturopathic schools, no matter where you go. So that's happening. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and it's, is there something still in the water that's getting everyone pregnant?
1: You know, the joke that don't drink the water at NCNAM you'll get pregnant is still being perpetuated. Um, I did work with a student two years ago where she heard that and was really excited because she and her husband had been trying. Um, and lo and behold, she did get pregnant the year later, yep. and through the, she was over the moon. <laughs> That's just awesome. so everyone thinking, knows, no, should, we don't. Yeah,
3: I should, I should send some patients up there.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, I was just going to say, as a school, we don't necessarily recommend that you should plan on having your child while you're going through medical school. But if that should happen, the school is definitely one of those places that it's uh,
3: yeah.
1: kind of supported. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: So what does it take for someone to become an ND in terms of the logistics, right? I mean, the classes. Yes. And um, what what do they need to, in order to actually apply to be a, a, a naturopathic student? Exactly. So
1: the basic um, requirements that are very similar to any other medical school really are a completed undergraduate degree and the prerequisite courses, which are very much like any other uh, pre-medical track. So if you happen to be a science major or a other pre-med major, you're going to cover all of our prerequisite courses within your degree. So the biology, the chemistry, the organic chemistry, the physics, and the psychology. Um, That being said, we have a good solid about 20% of our students who apply, uh, much like yourself, Dr. Lowe, with a degree that wasn't necessarily pre-medical, so psychology, even liberal arts, humanities, um, film majors even. And so they're doing their prerequisites post back uh, at a community college or other accredited institutions. So when you put that together, again, that definitely reinforces that sense of an eclectic student body, but it also means that Just because you didn't know naturopathic medicine existed when you first started college doesn't mean that you're out of the running. It means that you now have to somewhat prove yourself, sure, maybe in sciences for the first time, but we're looking for do you have those science classes? Do you have the letters of recommendation and the essays? And, again, it seems really simple, but... Those are the things that we are looking for on paper so that then we can figure out if you're someone we would like to interview um, and invite to come on campus and have that conversation um, between a a faculty member, your admissions counselor, and yourself and really figure out whether this is a right fit for you.
3: Mm -hmm. And what's the interview process like?
1: You know, um, many schools have very different uh, interview processes. Here at NCNM, currently, it's just a conversation. It's about – it's a little less than an hour – An hour max, we always try to say, because we don't want to hold you for too long. Um, And again, it's with your admissions counselor and then a faculty member um, representing the program you're applying to. Um, Granted, we're going to be asking you some uh, canned questions, so that part might feel more like an interview, but it is a chance really to get a better sense of you. Um, None of the questions we ask are specific in nature as far as an answer that we're looking for. Many of them are open-ended, a chance to see how you think, a chance to figure out where you're coming from. Your thoughts on medicine, your thoughts on the future of healthcare, even. Um, and then, of course, as always, a chance for you if you would like to ask us questions or add something maybe that wasn't covered in the interview, you definitely have
3: that time as well. Okay. Now, how many NDs are practicing currently? So,
1: currently, the field is pretty intimate. It's about 3,000 actively practicing NDs in this country, in, in, in uh, the United States. Um, and so, like your previous two guests mentioned, as far as advice to, to future students, uh, we do really recommend reaching out to naturopaths in your area, um, figuring out if you can get a chance to shadow, if not, at least do some sort of informational interview. Um, we definitely know that some people are in unlicensed states where there might not be very many naturopaths around them, but we love being able to see that you made that extra effort to gain some additional insight that wouldn't just be um, you know, simply the philosophy of the medicine or some great case studies that you found online, but you got to talk to someone and hear what, how it was, what it was like for them to set up their practice after they graduated or what path they took or how they are different in how they practice versus uh, an allopathic doctor, et cetera. So um, just like your guest mentioned and, and you as well, we have definitely found that our alumni um, in this field are – very welcoming and really take that tenet of doctor as teacher quite seriously, and want to help uh, prospective NDS figure out if this is the right field for them. So,
3: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh, where can people find out if there's a, a naturopathic doctor near them?
1: Yeah, so the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians, the AANP, uh, they have a fantastic website. Uh, it's naturopathic dot org. And you can actually do a pull-down menu that would allow you to search state by state. Um, Also, if you just wanted more information on schools, because there are five accredited naturopathic medicine colleges here in the United States, as well as two more in Canada, the AANMC, for more acronyms, the American Mm -hmm. Association of of Natural Medicine Colleges, That website is a great resource um, for additional information on just the schools themselves, as well as webinars and things um, about the field and kind of a more intro – your podcast is fantastic because you're offering such um, kind of specific and, and rare in, insight. Um, the A&MC mm-hmm. website would offer a lot more introductory kind of information, maybe also uh, information on events and open houses that might be happening in their area. But definitely I would also really recommend that students reach out to the schools. Oftentimes um, half of the contact I have with prospective students is really educating about the medicine um, as well as talking about the school. So really reach out to your admissions office at the school that you're interested in and, and gain more information that way.
3: And how many states are currently licen- licensing NDs? I know that Colorado just passed, which is, thank God, yeah. I feel like that's taken some yeah. to happen, so it's awesome. So how many currently? <laughs> and, then, and then if they're not licensed, can someone still practice in that state, even if it's not technically licensed? Great
1: question, and we get that all the time. Um, So I'm probably going to bluff on this, but I want to say it's 16 states currently. might be 17 with Colorado, and I'm I'm blushing right now because I know some of my uh, admissions colleagues are listening in from home, so
2: they'll give me a little (laughs) giggle tomorrow. But I know...
1: (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, outside of those licensed states. Definitely, we have NDs going to unlicensed states, and we even sometimes encourage that because, like uh, Dr. Gio mentioned, um, there's definitely a need even in unlicensed states. Um, The big thing that we would always put out there is when you're in an unlicensed state, you're technically not recognized as a naturopathic doctor, the doctor being the key term there. So you need to be um, uh, responsible for figuring out what that means within that state as far as do you need to work under an, uh, an allopathic medical doctor? Do you need to make sure that uh, in your patient appointments you really let them know that these are my recommendations versus my diagnoses, um, things like that. But the the great thing is, is we do try to prepare you for that while you're here. Um, small business classes actually start year one now um, at NCNM and then go on through the awesome. four years. Yeah, that's changed, I know, since you were probably here. Um, and then mm-hmm. also Dr. Marnie Loomis. She's an alum of NCNM and a beloved faculty member here. Her role is also now Director of Professional Formation. So she is kind mm-hmm. of this amazing one on one advisor when it comes to that whole after graduation world. So if you knew that you were going to go to an unlicensed state, she could definitely help you figure out what that looks like for you, you work on your business plan, help you research, um, even just to compare licensed states from one another. For example, you're in California, NCNM is in Oregon. There are some subtle differences um, between. What naturopaths can do in in our two states, even so uh, we definitely try to provide those resources
3: mhm, and then how about I get this question a lot, you know people will email me and they're they're nervous about having a profession or career in naturopathic medicine because they're nervous right. that they're not going to be able to pay their bills and they're going to have right. $140,000 in student loans. And, and maybe you right. can actually clarify exactly how, how much it costs to be a, a student and, you know, pay for the school. And then also just income-wise, what, what, are, what are we looking at as kind of an average of what NDs actually make?
1: Right. Great question. And we get it all the time. And I would also put out to your, to your listeners, definitely don't uh, feel embarrassed asking those questions because we know that that can help uh, make a decision for you as far as when you want to apply to naturopathic medicine school. So um, currently at NCNM, so I can only speak for our school, at National College of Natural Medicine, uh, cost per credit last year was $375 per credit. So that uh, meant uh, tuition um of around $28,000 per year. Um, That is current uh, as of right now, the the cost per credit has gone up by 3%, but the total tuition uh, based on that is around $28,000 per year. Um, That being said, a lot of where the loan debt can come from is when you also take out additional loans in cost of living. Um, since we are cost per credit, regardless of if, if you're doing the four-year track or the slightly um, slower five-year track, tuition costs won't change. It's obviously now you just want to think about um, your additional cost of living if you're going to be in school for another year. Definitely, I put out there, talk to your financial aid office, talk to our financial aid office, excuse me, um, to get more details on that, but tuition is around 28000 a year, and graduating your income can fluctuate um that's one thing about going into a field where primarily still people are going into private practice so um you could be making anything after you graduate from um bare minimum because you're just practicing part-time because you're starting your family now um to maybe just kind of the the general salary of what a, a resident would make around I, think, I believe it's around thirty thousand dollars, kind of that general minimum wage sort of thing. Or you might be someone that really had that business plan worked out, and you're already in the forty to sixty thousand range. What we do know is, is after the five year mark post-graduation, that seems to be when people's um, income and patient base starts to sort of even out, and then they can have a more reliable income. Um, again, uh, Dr. Lowe, your, your, your uh, practice down in Encinitas is amazing, and it's a different community as compared to, let's say, if someone started a one-person um, clinic here in Portland, Oregon. So things mm-hmm. like that, as far as your demographic and kind of where and how you want to focus your medicine when you first start are important. Um, I would also put out there that uh, we do have um, a survey that's happening right now as far as uh, job satisfaction and income and all those things, um, some of it's already posted on our website. And if you just go to About NCNM and then click on fact book, you'll see all of our information quite transparently. Um, and I would definitely put out to your listeners that if they want to ask me in particular, please contact the admissions at NCNM, and we would love to be able to give you um, more clarity on that as well. But it is, as it sounds, it's, it's not a, a solid when an ND will earn this much For everybody across the board, it really does come down to who are your patients, where are you practicing, what's your focus on on how you want to practice.
3: Yeah, and I'll get into, uh, at the end of the show, if I have time, I'll get into a little bit of the mindset that kind of comes along with, you know, allowing yourself to bring in, you know, abundance and be able to create a practice. Right. I'll get into a little bit later. I think that a lot of it is a mindset versus just, Mm -hmm. you know, this is what you're able to make by being an ND. So I'll get into that later, but I do want to cover the topic of residencies. Um, Are residencies required as an atrobatic doctor? What's the whole deal with that? Great question. So technically, uh,
1: currently, excuse me, uh, residencies are not required um, to become a naturopathic doctor. Definitely faculty and and uh, current NDs would all agree that a residency is amazing for your um, extra skill set and experience. But unfortunately, right now, uh, naturopathic residencies are not funded by federal tax dollars the way allopathic residencies are. So unfortunately, it really does come down to a budget issue. So um, Right now though, the state of Utah is the one state that does require that all NDs that practice in their state have to have a residency under their belt. So keep that in mind if you are in Utah or want to practice in Utah. Um, But then that being said, we do have a residency director um, at our school, and so with us, you can start working with them starting year one to really bolster your chances on, on getting that residency after you graduate. Um, and then also, um, we definitely have the almost 17, 1,800 hours of clinics among, among not only our teaching clinic, but our uh, community clinics to really make sure we give you as much diverse clinic hours as possible. But then we're also going to ask you to do another 200 hours of preceptorship shadowing other doctors before you leave. So the hope is um, or the goal is that we have created a curriculum and, and uh clinical experience that you are ready to start practicing once you graduate. But definitely um, the residency program, any extra um, experience you can get before you feel like you're on your own can def- only just uh, benefit your confidence in your patients. So.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Um this is a question. I'm going to take a couple questions from Facebook, and then we will wrap it up. Um sure. This is a question from Erica, and she says, I'm a traditional naturopath. Do you recommend going to a rec- recognized school? If so, why? Great question. So um, I'm going to assume what she means is she
1: is a traditional naturopath in that um, she might have learned um, outside of an accredited school, um, like National College of Natural Medicine. Um I can again only speak for for my school that I work for but I would definitely say that yes you would want to be um and I understand that's difficult when you think about you know going back to school if you've already been practicing but um with the way the medicine is 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 moving forward and the way the US healthcare system is moving forward to be able to have that um equality with your colleagues in allopathic medicine as far as speaking the lingo and having that accredited degree and, and understanding where what their needs are so that you can actually um, communicate what your skills are as far as what you can offer the same patient, um, one, that's just great for the patient, but then two, um, you know there is a major difference in this country as far as if you were trained um while perhaps still amazingly uh well trained um outside of an accredited school or not. I think that's really what it comes down to is unfortunately that concept of legitimacy and 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 credentials
3: mhm okay got yeah. it. Awesome. And um, how about the training of NDs versus MDs? I get this question a lot, um,
1: and it
3: kind of ties into the question that I'm getting here from Joanna, and she says, what do you say to people who believe that NDs aren't real doctors? I work in the traditional medical field and feel uncomfortable calling NDs doctors, but I believe so much in your approach to healthcare. So What do you have to say to her? Kind of you know,
1: I I, w- I would have to say one, she's not alone. <laughs> there are a lot of people out there having to kind of toe that line. But that this really connects to the other question um, mentioned by uh, via Facebook just now, and that is when you are a, a naturopath like yourself, Dr. Lowe, who came from a school like NCNM that's accredited, you have a curriculum um, and training background that is if not identical, double what an MD would have learned. So um, sometimes I feel like I need to walk around with our course catalog just so I can show doctors and and other people who have those very same questions literally what our students take quarter by quarter, year by year. Um, We joke around that it's double med school here um, in our admissions office because you are doing the same information, the same basic sciences, the same textbooks even for those basic sciences as a primary care physician would learn in allopathy. Med school, but then on top of that, in the same four years, you're also learning the botanical medicine, the homeopathy, the hydrotherapy, the um, physical medicine, all the 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 components that make you that naturopathic med doctor. and I, I think that is the, the sense. It's not that we ever want to shy away from or ever abandon our nature cure roots, but to really let our colleagues understand that we do have the same training, that we do understand the pharmacology, because we had to learn it too, that um, you know we have an evenness in, in how we can approach Western science, but that we have this great canon of wealth of, of knowledge of, of medicine that's been really left behind in the allopathic world that we are still being trained on and, and very expert in.
3: Okay. Good answer. You, you got these answers down in cell. That's awesome.
1: Oh, you know, this is my job. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're like, I'm a professional. This is what I do. <laughs> well, you know, another th-
1: quick thing to answer, though, to, to that question is listening to a podcast like this where you've got these all-star NDs on who can talk about how they're working and, and where they're practicing – Those stories are going to continue to grow. Our students are starting to come in at an even younger age where they went pre-med and undergrad because they knew they wanted to go to ND school. So just growing this field, um, it's happening. And and they're coming in smarter and and, and even more focused than in the past. And it's incredible to see that. So um, just more stories like yours to share really I think is going to make the difference.
3: Thank you. I appreciate that. No, thank you. For sure. It's 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 a pleasure to do and as I was, you know, introducing my guests in the beginning of the show, I'm thinking, you know, I've actually brought on a lot of naturopathic doctors on the show, so I think our listeners have heard a million different ways that they could practice if they wanted to to go into the field, but um so, yeah, but it's nice to just bring bring this on as this, as this specific topic, you know, and and definitely, definitely. having your your perspective on here and, and giving them, you know, what you're looking for as students. And I know this is just going to provide so much value for, um, for, for those who are interested in this as a field. So I, I really yeah. appreciate it. Um, the no, last couple so things much. I want to make sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the one thing I'm wondering is what advice would you give to prospective NDs, um, or prospective students, I should say.
1: Yeah. You know, the big thing I would say is, um, Definitely you want to do well in those sciences. Again, not because we want to step away from the philosophy of nature cure and the real holistic sense of connecting um, mind, body, and soul and, and how we heal patients, but you need to know your science because it's the foundation of, of you know how we can um, talk about uh, a patient's health as far as the chemistry and all of that and, again, gaining that um, Kind of even level with your colleagues in allopathic medicine, but then on top of that, and again, like your guest mentioned, please talk to NDS. Please see an ND. Please shadow or interview an ND. Um, it's so you know it doesn't happen as much anymore, but you know people might have a great enthusiasm for the medicine, but then they might not actually realize just what they. You know, what it would mean to become a doctor, that, that there's that additional, you know, social responsibility when you take that on versus maybe just being a fan of the medicine. So, you know, mm-hmm. doing your research in that way is just huge, when, and we see that in the application. We can tell when you're someone who's done that versus someone who hasn't. So, And talk to us. Uh-huh. Talk to your admissions counselor. You can talk to us as, as early as a few years before you're even thinking about applying. That's not
3: a problem. Yeah, exactly. Don't be afraid of your admissions counselor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, Insul, thank you so much for being on the show. If um do you have any parting words for us before I let you go? No, thank you so much. And if you happen to
1: be in the SoCal region, stop by Dr. Lowe's clinic. It is the coolest space. I had a chance to walk <laughs> in myself and I was blown away. Oh, thank you.
3: I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> no, thank it's a you cool so place much. To
3: work. For it sure. <laughs> well, have a wonderful rest of your evening, and uh, we'll keep on moving on to the next all-star here.
1: Great. Thank you. You, too.
3: All right. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that's uh, guest number three. So far, The switchboard thing is working out really well, so I'm happy about that. And coming up next is Dr. Nicole Ortiz. She is the co-founder of LiveWell Clinic where she practices primary care naturopathic medicine. Dr. Ortiz and her business partner and fellow ND, Dr. Sonia Fung ND, established the first integrative clinic of its kind in the Coachella Valley located two hours east of L.A., LiveWell Clinic is an integration of several different methods of healing to provide a patient with a customizable experience through common sense, nourishing, and non-toxic treatments. Dr. Ortiz was awarded the 2013 Women in Business Entrepreneur of the Year Award for the growth of her integrated practice Live Well Clinic. And she was recognized for her commitment to changing the health of her community and for the financial success of her four-year-old clinic. She was also awarded um, the Distinguished Woman of the Year by California State Assemblyman Brian Nestan, and she has a focus on non-drug pain management through prolotherapy, food allergies, and other digestive disorders, balancing hormones naturally, and weight loss. Dr. Ortiz is recognized in Susan Summers' book, Knockout, for her contributions in offering patients innovative medicine that is beyond the standard of care. She's a regular columnist in local health publications and the newspaper and has appeared on the American Health Journal and CBS local affiliates on several occasions. And she also went to National College of Natural Medicine and received her doctorate in naturopathic medicine with honors in research. Dr. Ortiz, thank you so much for being on the show and welcome to Dr. Lowe Radio. Thanks for having me. Hi Lauren. Hi. Thanks for being so patient on the airwaves. I I didn't know I I had another number. I thought you were calling from. So thank you. (laughs) Happy to be here. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing fabulous. Yeah. Did were you seeing patients today?
5: I was seeing patients today. Busy, Usually huh? in the desert, there's this phenomenon where, like, the, the snowbirds, because it gets to be, like, 130-plus here, not really, but it feels like it.
2: Oh my so God. everybody, like,
5: hides, and you're supposed to not be busy. But because naturopathic medicine rocks, unfortunately, <laughs> it doesn't happen for us. So I work every day.
3: <laughs> plus you have air conditioning, right? So they're they're okay. I do. Yeah, thing. I invested in that, yeah, for the clinic.
0: <laughs> smart,
3: smart business yep. move. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, for my listeners who don't know, um, Dr. Ortiz was my personal trainer in medical school. So we were out there running and lifting weights together and doing all kinds of cool um, ab workouts. And you just kept me in shape, and it was so much fun. And I I missed it for, like, at least a year or two after. I'm like, I missed my trainer. So uh, <laughs> that was so inspired. Yeah, and you know, we kept it as a priority to have fitness always there. I mean, I w- I remember in, in between classes, you'd be out there just running in between That's like great. your clinic, you know, your your clinic shifts and classes, and it's like you always just made it a part of your your life. So so inspiring. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure you still do it too, right? In between patients. Oh my gosh, no, oh not not
5: between patients. No, <laughs> five thirty in the morning though. It's my sacrifice that I love because I always say I'd be the big B word if I didn't walk into the clinic without my run before. So. No kidding.
3: <laughs> it worked. Yeah, yeah. totally. It's it a therapy. And and also, too, um, you know, just just so inspired. I mean, when you were in school, you, you had your business plan going. You were, you know, having your, your logo designed, your website. I mean, you were such a go-getter even while you were in school. That's why I was really wanting to have you on the show just because, you know, you made this thing happen. It, this wasn't an overnight thing. You worked really, really hard for this. So, um, you know, I want to hear just kind of advice from you and how you made this thing happen. But first, before I jump into that, I just want to know, like, how you got into naturopathic medicine, what had you choose this as your career, what's a little bit of your story behind it? Sure. Um, well, I think that um, I definitely
5: had a subconscious influence of the medical field, both my parents in the healthcare field, both in conventional medicine. Um, but I always um, used to play in my grandmother's uh, little supplement stash, and we'd play like we were pharmacists. And I think that was when I re- realized that I liked the smell of vitamins, and that was probably <laughs> the beginning of my love affair. And then, um, you know, I was really influenced and pushed, as any, you know, good parent would, to go to a safe career that makes you, you know, good living and you're respected. And so they thought, okay, you want to be a doctor, you should do something more along the traditional routes. And it just didn't synergize with who I was and inside um, and lifestyle just because health has been such a a lifestyle thing for me. Um, So then I guess in in undergrad is when it happened. I never even heard of naturopathic medicine, by the way, and I was 20 years old and I got this um, awesome opportunity to do a scholar program in Ecuador. And it was there that I was in between. I was working with this gynecologist and she was sitting there telling her patients with no money, like, hey, go make this soup with this X, Y, and Z herb and, have you ever tried this poultice? And and then on the next patient, you know, we'd be cutting them open for surgery or delivering a baby. And I was like, this is awesome. And they were using their backyards and, you know, just everything that they could for themselves. And people, you know, get well when they listen. And I realized that, you know, maybe there is a different way than just um, the traditional routes that we've learned or at least grown up with in America. And so that was my first instigation, and when I came back and Um, just checked out naturopathic medicine. It was just like right on. I'm going to make the jump. Um, But with that, and segue to the next thing I think you wanted to know was what I did. I realized that when you do something that's um, somewhat untraditional route and not as secure as getting, you know, hired on out of school into residency and then hospital work, uh, you definitely need to have the forethought and planning ahead to ultimately, I think, achieve your dreams in the way that you
3: would want Mm-hmm. yeah and just kind of plan it really and just have a vision right because that's exactly what you had
5: absolutely i mean everything starts with a dream and then that dream has to be thought over and over again to a vision and voiced and then as you know as crazy as it is put it on paper and make it a tangible thing that you touch and then from there move on and on and on i mean for me do you, do you want to know the story of how i started or please 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 okay so at first year of med school, I don't know, everybody's probably like this. I don't care what med school you go to, but I was like, crap, this is a lot of information and I need to do well because I want to get out. And I was sort of a perfectionist, which was totally burst my bubble by then to school. But anyways, I was like, I want to find a girl that I can study with that, looks like not my type, that it looks the smartest and the most studious. So I found my partner. She's Dr. Sonia Fung. She's my business partner right now. And she's this Asian girl, really reserved, but she looked wicked smart. And I was like, she's the one. So I I picked her out, and I totally started studying with her. And she loved it, and I loved it. And we'd hang out at my house. She'd sleep over all the time because it was too much of a commute. And, like, at the times when we were absolutely exhausted and nothing else was going to pack in our mind, we started to, like dream together. And really, it was at that point where we realized, oh, our dreams are the same. So we started to talk about it. And, literally, you know, it was months and months, and then finally we're like, let's do it. I think that we have a synergy, um, and that's when you need to turn dream to action. So we decided second-year med school, all right, we're going to have these formal meetings, and, you know, people might laugh at it. Some people did laugh at it at second-year of school, but, we sat down at meetings and we created a business plan, just like any entrepreneur. Because if you're a naturopath, you want to open your own clinic. Guess what? You're an entrepreneur and you're on your own, and it's a big deal to have to understand that it's a f- it's a business. And mm-hmm. you can be the greatest healer. Everybody knows that you can be the greatest healer in the world. It doesn't matter unless you know how to deliver that in business. You will not be successful. So, mm-hmm. for some reason, I don't know how I. Th- you know, I think I was just so afraid of failure that I just pushed me. But um, about our fourth year was when we started to get serious and we'd identified a location, and I heard the, the admissions counselor talk about that. Location, 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 that's so key. It's not that you can't be successful in a place that's not ideal, but this, you know, our United States is so open, many pockets of underserved areas of naturopathic medicine, um, if you can find that place that you feel comfortable at in their community and learn how to synergize with it and help people and market and educate, you know, it's a really easy thing to have a full practice because you don't have any. I mean, for me, I feel like I really don't have much competition. There's about four naturopaths in our valley, and, you know, we wow. have. I have. It, it's just it's quite amazing. So, um, anyways, getting back to that for people that want to know, um, I think it's so important to not wait till you graduate. I think people are afraid to to plan too much ahead because they're thinking, well, wait, i got to pass my boards to become a real doctor. If I don't do it, what do I do? I don't want to commit. But, you know, if you put the effort and the sacrifice and the years and the financial sacrifice into becoming an ND, it's like don't even look back. Don't hesitate. You have to start planning again at the beginning. And so that's what we did.
3: And what have been, if, okay, so if you were to go back and do it all over again, what would you have done differently in hindsight, anything? Interesting.
5: Um. Oh, man, what would I do different? I'm not a person of regret, so this is a bad one a question for me. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have studied so damn much. I was totally freakishly afraid of failing. And what I realized is that being a good healer really isn't about memorizing every fact that you're taught in school, but it's concepts, and more than anything, it's how to relate to your patients, and that's, like, human being stuff, like, how do you be um, connected to your community, and so um, I think that if someone would have told me, hey, don't don't stress so much, you're, like, freaking out for no reason, um, and just focus on your abilities to relate to people and humble yourself and empathize, and just those preparations are really important. Mm.
3: It's great. It's it's just golden advice. And and if you could give any just just real nuggets to prospective students, prospective NDs, what could you uh what could you give them?
5: Well first of all, um knowing yourself, oh that sounds so like cliche, but so for real, that if you don't know what you want, um you're kinda doomed at the get go. And you don't have to necessarily know, but start to identify what you want. For example, what I'm talking about specifically is if you're a person that likes to not have to deal with, or like let's just say you have a family or you have a lot of other commitments, it may not be appropriate for you to go out and start your own big clinic. I mean, for me, I don't have children yet. I'm young enough that I was ready to take on the undertaking of running a business. It is another full-time job on top of being a doctor. I knew though that I was ready for that challenge um there's other people that you if you don't feel that way, you know your focus should be on making connections with already established clinics, voicing that you want to be there, how you want to be there, and what capacity do you want to work um because you know as an n d we have such a diverse opportunities, and I know you're highlighting that and Um, truly, like, set your intentions beforehand and then make them happen. Not everybody is going to be a successful entrepreneur, even in the non-medical field, that's a reality. So don't try to make something that's unnatural of yourself. Fit in, you know, find your fit. You know, some people like more of the research base. Some people love the hands-on. Some people like, you know, whatever it is, just find that and go for that because ultimately, I like I always say, if you don't love your job, because you spend most of your life doing it, then you're in trouble, you know. So for me, I'm scattered. I love business and entrepreneurship, so it's like right on. I can see patients, which I love, but I can also try to, you know, do my business endeavors, and that's a great synergy for me, and I have a great girlfriend, and she, you know, loves that she walks into a super busy practice with, an, you know, an MD that employs her, and she walks out at five o'clock and she goes and has a great drink and does her things at the end of the day, and she doesn't have to think like I do, you know, and I'm sitting there mm-hmm. typing away at ten o'clock like, man, this I hate balancing this checkbook or whatever
3: you know so, you know what I'm saying, so it's all yeah. about your preferences, and what's your clinic like now? I mean how big is it? How many employees
5: so we're um we moved in October, we started small, which is my advice um just be humble and think about what you can it off at the get-go. It was our plan B. We started out four years ago in a 1,500-square-foot little space. Each of us had offices. We had a few other extras and whatnot, and that was our plan B. Our dream was, though, to have this integrative clinic. So October, we opened a 5,000-square-foot integrative clinic. Um, it includes, um, you know, an exercise and workout place. We have a, a, a natural pharmacy. Um, we have... Several, several treatment rooms, probably like 11 treatment rooms, um, private offices, et cetera, et cetera. And that was really our, our goal at the get-go, but you know what I mean? It's just like you have to understand that these things come in time. And right. um, let me just see. Well, wait, you were asking me a little bit. I lost my train of thought there. Um, what was I? What, do I? what do you want
3: to know from me? <laughs> <laughs> well, was it before I asked about the clinic? Was there something before that? No, you were asking about the clinic. What it what it's like? Yeah. So, like, how many practitioners work there? The different oh, okay. specialties, stuff like that. Got it. Yes. So we have
5: one, two, three, four. I'm trying to think. One, two, three, four. Seven employees, and those are the people that just support our, our staff. Um, really, key is you know when you have the position to do so. Um, we have a awesome office manager, and they're an orchestrator of the you know the flow and the energy, and you know that she's our core. Um, and then we have staff for like our medicinary because they need to take care of filling orders we have the front desk of course we have four MAs um, two full-time two part-time and then another staff member and then we have contractors which is awesome we just keep building and and creating that so we have two NDs in our clinic we have a um, psychiatrist that does more of like um, business and Um, life coaching kind of things. Um, Mm -hmm. We have hypno-meditation, massage, estheticians, couple massage therapists. Um, We have a surgeon that's coming in, and he does more um, integrative oncology. And we're currently recruiting – I'll just put it out there since since people are listening. Uh, We're recruiting an acupuncturist or Chinese medicine because we totally value that medicine and want that in our clinic – and hopefully another integrative doc. And we're bringing a resident on. Heck yes, okay. I'm so excited.
3: Awesome. So we'll have residents resident so, soon. Um, yeah. So you have your, your employees, and then you have a bunch of other practitioners, and all of those are like independent contractors, right? Yes, and that works out okay. well because, you know, we're just transitioning,
5: and it was kind of scary to employ lots and lots of doctors and other people. So we thought, okay, um, we'll do independent contractors, and it works well. Um The thing that I think is really important, just of advice, I love the idea of contractors versus renting rooms because we as contractors are all for one mission and goal, and we have a communal um, sense of pride in our clinic. Um, We share staff. We share resources. And through that, it makes you connected versus yeah. if you were to set up a clinic and we are like, oh, great, I'm going to just offset my rent and I'm going to like have some other doctor come in and rent and I have nothing to do with them. Um, it right. may work out, and I've seen that do, but it's, in my opinion, more risky because they're completely independent.
2: Mm-hmm. And
5: it's also less financially rewarding. I will just tell you, I've done a lot of research, but um, I think that it's better. Everybody runs all payments through our system, and um, streamlines everything through our EMR, which is built on a platform that also takes care of the financial portion. And um, that's an important thing. Like, you never think about it. It's infrastructure, right? So why is our country pretty much a lot more settled than, you know, maybe like transportation in third world countries? Well, it's infrastructure. And that same thing applies to our businesses. So, um, you know, we've been working really hard on settling this infrastructure and then growing bigger. I mean, we have lots of big dreams. So, um, what's what's been the best business training that you've personally received oh good question well uh, the very first thing that really inspired me is actually I'm going to say Dr. Echolid and I of Major Cures Clinic I don't think they do it but at one time when I was a student they gave this business seminar I remember they were four or five years out of their practice and just sharing everything and they showed us their books and this and that and so more than more than anything, it was almost like a, a mentoring role. I mean, they just really shared with us their experience, and I started to really get what it means to own a clinic and that it's so mm-hmm. much more than walking in and just being a doctor. Um, and then from there, I picked when I was preceptoring, which is something that you do in you know the naturopathic medical program where you go work with doctors in practice. I picked ones that were just a little bit more. Um, how do I wanna say this? Everybody's, you know, might be great doctors, but some of them are more business savvy and I made sure mm-hmm. that I asked them questions. Preceptoring is like you can pick the brains of brilliant minds for free and you're a student and they're like gonna give you all the information. And that's what I did. I kept a book. Mm-hmm. I logged everything. We had folders that were organized. And then what I did was after the business plan I went to like score office. I went to retired businessmen. Really successful people and I just said, Hey um i just aspire to be as successful as you i'd love it if you look through my plan plan and again humble yourself like just put it out there people are out here to help you you'd be surprised um so i got a lot of feedback from that um and then uh what else did i do oh and then when i got down to southern california i was like i need to feel the lay of the land here because i'm not from here it's totally new i had no connections and so i found 20 of the practitioners that were most recently opened in California. You can go on the CNDA website. And I looked and I called them up and I just asked them kind of like the questions you're asking me. Like, what would you mm-hmm. do different? What was right? What's the struggle? And I logged them in and inventory them and made sure that I could you know, try to address them before I went
3: into business. Was that helpful for you? Like, you were able to really see what to do, what not to do? Um, let's just say this. It was helpful, but it was also
5: reassuring um, that I didn't learn anything like, wow, I would have totally failed if, you know, I didn't know your answer. But what it came down to is a lot of the stuff that I was saying already today. You know, it it was just reaffirming, like, I'm on the right track. It's ultimately like you just need to make the jump and just succeed.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, well, I think your advice is is going to be really, really helpful for a lot of people just to see all the things that they can do outside of just going to class to really make this
5: That's a so successful much.
3: career for them. Yeah.
5: I wanted to just share with you. There was this um, person. Um, he goes to sc and m He actually just came to my clinic a week or a week ago, and I want to just tell people out there this because this is a possibility. So this kid came. I was so impressed by him. We went to a, a prolotherapy seminar in, in Kansas City and um which by the way it's awesome to go to seminars when you're a student because they give you super discounted rates so eat it up while you can so he's mm-hmm. there and he's like you know we he ended up making a point to introduce himself and then he took me out to dinner while well, i ended up paying for him but you know we went out to dinner and he sat there and he used my brain for two hours for free <laughs> business coaching basically and i was like you're brilliant like that's awesome, you know, and I was so happy to share, and I think most naturopaths are because we all want this profession to just succeed and help more people. And so yeah. he did that, and then he said, hey, do you mind if I come in? And so I sat up a couple days, and we pro- I prolotherapy like 25 patients in a row, and he got this super awesome customized education, but it was all because he had the strength and courage to just basically ask me. And that's what more people got to do because if you think it's going to fall in your lap, it's not. It is not. Our, I mean, our profession is just not that developed. Like we said, we have problems with not enough residencies, um, and the fact of the matter is, if you don't make it your own, then you're not going to make it at all.
3: hmm Amen, girl. It's so. And you great. know that because
5: you're rocking it too. But you know, some people just—I don't think are. I think something that I totally admire in you as well is that. You have to have confidence in yourself. We, I'm telling people, if you haven't been to naturopathic medical school, our education is second to none. And the reason I know that is when I'm at dinners, um, let's just say a hosted dinner and people are asking questions or you kind of size yourself up against, you know, other doctors of different professions and what are their knowledge bases and this and that. And I realize over and over again how solid and thorough our education is, how thankful I am for it. And if only everybody could understand that and harness that, that confidence, we'd succeed. Yeah. You know, and
3: just so many people don't have that. Yeah. It's very true and and you know having a poverty mentality or just being having that belief that you are not capable or you can't bring abundance and wealth and, and and also help people too I think that's where you know a lot of naturopathic doctors get get held up and they it's almost like they believe some of the perceptions from the the conventional medical realm and they take that on yep. as the way that they see themselves when in reality it's it's not true it's, it's not true at all. And so, you know, that's something I've always admired about the way that you practice is you have that confidence, you know you can change people's lives, you know you can be successful, and you just go freaking do it. Absolutely. <laughs> you don't make it so complicated. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm telling you, out.
5: I'm not I'm not blowing anybody's smoke. People want us and need us. I mean, and I'm just going to share with you, you know, I walked into a community, that everybody, everywhere I walked, they're like, natural what? I mean, literally totally uneducated of it and within four years the transition in the community it's insane the ability yeah. that you can have to change people's lives but you have to start with the understanding and believe it yourself and you know what i'm not afraid to charge for what i do because i'm unique no one else in this valley is giving the service that i'm giving i have to own that knowledge and it's important i sacrifice enough and i'm not afraid to ask for it and yeah. the sooner that people
3: understand that, the more the profession will, will be led into a better direction. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't show that you are greedy or anything like that because you have a ton of medical bill or stu- student loans to pay, Absolutely. I'm assuming. So Another you got to be able to,
5: to take yeah. care of yourself <laughs>
3: and mortgage and, and all of that. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's it's so great. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing all of your, your knowledge and your advice with, you know, with me and also all the listeners, it's, it's really valuable. Can I
5: just say one more thing that I totally forgot about but I think is really important? And please,
0: please. Okay.
5: <laughs> this is kind of a nuance, but I think it's kind of key. So um, what's the difference between primary care and, and a specialty? Procedures. Procedures make money, okay? I'm just going to talk about money. When you do specialized procedures or therapies that no one else, like many other people don't know how to do, you make money just because, It's special, okay? For me, Mm -hmm. I am a prolotherapist. I do prolotherapy and I fix joints without surgery, which is badass, and I love it. But you know what? It costs you money. Why? Because it's a specialized procedure. You have to identify and make your own thing, whether it's IVs can be that. I mean, prolotherapy can be that. There's many different therapies in naturopathic medicine that you need to take and say, this is a financial outlet. Then I can see patients for two hours and still make it in my clinic. And that mm-hmm. was key. I have some of those therapies and you have to have that system because believe it or not, if you had, if I, and I do, I have full patients from morning to night. If all I did was sit behind closed doors and consult with people, I wouldn't be successful.
3: It's important now, that you diversify your practice. Now, what about the, 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 the student or maybe the ND student who's listening right now who is going, okay, well, I want to specialize in homeopathy or I want to do only botanical medicine and that's all I want to do. What, what, do you, what advice do you have for them if they're like, that's really my passion and that's, that's what I want to do? Okay. Um, I think it provides you with more risk uh, only because
5: you're narrowing by just one specific therapy and that therapy is traditionally not commanding a high dollar amount for example, botanical medicine. Um, you can mm-hmm. only charge so much for your consult because typically if you're practicing in another area, you're going to be compared to another doctor. Um, if you're lucky enough to be in your own area, um, you can charge whatever you want, but then you're at the construct of, okay, how well is the community around you? So mm-hmm. it's risky. For me, it's like I thought, okay, how can I serve best and think, have many different therapies offered in my clinic? And if I can't do it, That's where my independent contractor comes in. They can do it, and I will make a percentage of theirs. But just be careful and think about it and know that, you know, certain things aren't as profitable as others. Let me just give you an example. We all know hydrotherapy is awesome. It works. It's freaking water therapy, but it works. But you know what? You can't charge $300 for a hydrotherapy treatment. So am I only going to spend my time with that? no. Because at the end of the day, I won't be afforded to serve people because I won't even have my clinic. Right. So, you know, and it's just, and I'm totally real and upfront about my costs, and really nobody ever has a problem with it. I charge what I'm worth and it just works out. And just, my advice to the students is believe and look at the people who are successful and listen. We're not saying things that aren't true.
3: Yeah. And if you want to specialize in something that's more simple like doing homeopathy or botanical medicine, you have to have a very, very, very low overhead. You know, you have yes. to maybe maybe work in, a, in an area where there's not other practitioners doing what you do. And if you do work in an area where there are other practitioners, you've got to be really business savvy and become, like, the expert in that area. So you better I set think up that some good ways. protocol yep, that, yeah. that brings an ancillary income. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and like, like you've said, get advice with business. You know, find people who, who practice successfully, see what they do, get mentored, even if you need a business coach or whatever you need to kind of Absolutely. guide you along, then then seek out that, that help. Mm-hmm.
5: Absolutely. Cool. And it doesn't have to be, um, I mean, I would suggest a medically, like someone that knows a little bit about our profession or integrative medicine, um, you know, if you go to some random person that's never even heard of it, doesn't have a concept of what we do, might be not the best road to travel down, but, you know. Just someone who's sort of familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for coaching. sure.
3: Any uh, any parting words for our listeners before we let you let you go? Oh, um, all I can just
5: say is that you know, believe in your dreams and make them happen by you know a lot of hard work. It's not easy, but the rewards are so huge in every way. It can be financially, but more than anything, in the heart. But remember, they're both necessary. So uh, you know, take it seriously. What I said about Commanding what you're worth.
3: Absolutely. Dr. Ortiz, thank you so much oh, for being on my show. For having I cannot me. believe I, I haven't seen you in so long. It, it blows my mind. I, we have to. I'll do be like in like a San Diego, Diego this weekend. Or... Maybe uh, I can see you this okay. weekend. So I'll see you this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, I will give you a call. Have a wonderful night, and um I'll talk too. to you soon. Thanks. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, that's that. That's the guest lineup for the show. I'm, I'm looking at my switchboard, and I don't think Dr. Uh, Parker is going to be on. She's uh, down in Nicaragua, and maybe the Internet just didn't hook up. But that's okay. We're going to get her on the show another time to talk about um, naturopathic medicine internationally. It's going to blow your mind. But um, I think four guests was good. I, I know that there's so much information we put out there for you students that are, um, you know, interested in, in making this a career. And I hope that you've gotten so much out of this show and, and just see that there's many ways that you can create your practice and your dreams are totally and completely possible and if you have something inside you that's really telling you that this could be something that that you want to do listen to that you know and 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 have that dream and and go for it and um i want to share with you guys just a few suggestions or tips uh that that i can um provide from my own experience of being a student and, and becoming a doctor so the one the one thing that's that's I mean, so many things have have helped me in my journey, but um, between the time of my undergrad and becoming a naturopathic student, um, I had that two and a half years of my taking prerequisite courses uh, in community college. And during that time, and you may have heard me say this on previous shows, I sought out a naturopathic doctor, Dr. Mark Carney in Denver, who is incredible he is just a complete and total genius and he embodies really the tenets of naturopathic medicine you know the the um really the core principles and also more of the cutting edge therapies and more you know kind of integrative um treatments so i was his free labor for years i mean two solid years and then, even when I went to naturopathic school during my vacations, I'd fly back to Colorado and continue to shadow him and work with him. And that was so incredibly life changing to see patients after patients getting better from naturopathic treatments. So, that right there was the single most, um, you know, I would say, influential uh, action that I took in becoming um, a, a great doctor, really, and then also thriving as a student. Because once I was in school, I was learning about these conditions, and I'd already seen them in a practice. So learning about something in a book or at a lecture is, is one thing, but if you've actually had that experience with it or actually seen it, I mean, I was able to actually palpate a, a, a breast tumor uh, before I was even a student. And then once I was in school to learn about breast cancer and learn about what a breast tumor feels like, and actually remember what that was like, you know, that I, I remember what that felt like. It was a whole different experience. So getting that firsthand exposure is just invaluable. Um, that was, that was the first thing that I would, that I would say for myself. Um, the other thing was I attended a lot of conferences when I was a student, and actually even before becoming a student. So I went to the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians um, annual conference. I did that, I think, even two years before coming to school, and even while I was in school, I was really um, just out there with different conferences. Um, I was involved with legislation. I, um, you know, went to Washington D.C. And, and lobbied for um, naturopathic medicine, um, you know, to be part of healthcare. Um, and even as a student, I, I went to the American Medical Associ- or student, sorry, the American um, Medical Student Association, so the AMSA conference. I went to osteopathic medical association conferences. I mean, I was just out there getting involved in the community because I loved to do it. Now, if you don't personally love to do that stuff, that's okay. It's just what I love to do, and that's what I did when I was in school. Um, so, conferences. And also, as Dr. Ortiz was saying, is when you're a student, you get awesome discounts I mean when you go to you can go to prolotherapy training you can go to IV therapy training you can go to herbal medicine training you can go to apex energetics training which I'm a humongous fan of and you get a student discount that is completely unmatched so take advantage of that as much as you can and I know that's like with what time right and you're you're busy when you're in school but make the time you can do it I even missed classes here and there to go to conferences so hey you just make it work so that would be number two is conferences The third one that I did more actually after getting out of school was doing personal growth and development work, just completely separate from naturopathic medicine and, and medical realm and that was through Landmark Education. So I attended what's called the Landmark Forum um, in October of uh, 2011, I believe. And it was a real transformative experience for me. Um, if you're not familiar, go to landmarkeducation.com. You can, you can learn about what the education is about. And that was about just getting my mindset right. I, there was a lot of things that were in my past that was getting in the way of me creating something for my future. And that was really having me doubt myself and what I was able to create. And so going through this process of the Landmark form it's a, a weekend event, um, I was able to, um, you know, just get rid of those patterns and some of those fears that were, you know, um, in the way for me to, to create what I wanted in my in my profession. And so after doing that work, you know, I think three months later, I started Dr. Low Radio so I had the confidence to finally actually create something um, as a contribution to other people and really put myself out there. So do personal growth and development work. There's lots of other, you know, examples of that. Like I've heard LifeSpring, which is MITT. Um, there's, you know, other kinds of uh, transformative education. And, and just seek something out and, and get that kind, of, um, that kind of growth. Because I think a, a big reason why many naturopathic doctors don't, um, don't thrive in their practices, which is it's just it's true, uh, comparative to a medical doctor, is because there's a mindset there. They they feel like they're not adequate, or there's a poverty mentality that they get maybe while they're in school, or they maybe work with other doctors that aren't doing as well financially, and so they start to doubt themselves. And and it also could be too that the the reason why they go into practice is just they just want to help people, and they don't really necessarily want to make a living. And that's fine and dandy, but the reality is in order to help people, you do need to make a living. So, um, you know, that mindset is just really huge for me. So that was number three, to be able to, you know, make that shift in my mindset and allow abundance to come in, because then it allows me to actually help you guys. Um, So those are my three things I would say. Uh, While you're in school, you know, make your health a priority. I would strongly recommend... Right when you start school, find a doctor that you can see as your doctor while you're in school. Because when you're an atropathic student, you're going to be learning about a lot of different conditions, and you're going to be treating yourself, and you're going to be going to the student clinic and being treated by other students which isn't always the best thing because you're basically going to be kind of experimented on. <laughs> so find a doctor outside of school, maybe near the college, and let them, you know, be your doctor to keep you healthy through school. So, you know, make an appointment with them at the beginning and make it sort of a preventative, appoint, you know, preventative appointment so you can be healthy while you're actually, um, you know, there for the next four years. So those are my bits of advice. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening to the entire show, an hour and 45 minutes of content. I know it's a lot, and if you want to listen to it a few times, I totally get it. It's major, major life-changing information in this. If you want to create a practice, this is going to for sure propel you. And, um, you know, check me out, DrLaurenNoel.com. We have amazing future shows coming up. Sign up for my email newsletter, and please... If you guys have any other questions, shoot me an email, and I'd love to hear from, from those of you who got something out of the show and just be in communication with me. I, I just I adore hearing from you guys. And if you love the show, please, please, please leave a, a review on iTunes. I think I have like 38 um, reviews. There's, they're all five stars except one four star, but that's okay because I love that person anyway. Um, and you know, let me know what you like about the show, and if there's ways I can improve it, please let me know. Have a wonderful evening, all of you. Please just go for your dreams. If you have something that you're excited about, you can do it. You can totally do it. I'm here to support you every step of the way. So have a wonderful evening. And next week we have Dr. Thomas O'Brien on the show. We're going to talk about your brain on fire. We're going to talk about what is creating inflammation in the brain. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about gluten because Dr. O'Brien is the gluten man. And that will be next week's show. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will talk to you then. Thanks. Bye.